Welcome everyone to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast that explains how your local team stacks up against the rest of the NBA. Hey Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Nuck If You Buck with Devin Zanskis. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads podcast network, including Cavalier Central, Grizz and Grind, 305 Culture, Blazing the Path, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, Spanning the Spurs, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, Thunderous Applause, and the LA Hoops Report. Plus our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, and Bleachers and Boards. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Nuck a Few Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast, brought to you by the Hoopheads Podcast Network and hosted by me, Devin Zanskis, as always. Today, I'm joined by not only the sole return guest of Nuck a Few Buck, but also the only three-time guest now, and that's JJ Rivera. How's it going, JJ? How's it going, Devin? Uh, thanks for having me. It's an honor. Could, could I be considered a friend of the show already? You you are absolutely a friend of the pod and have been for a while, if I if I do say so myself. Uh, thanks so much for coming back on. And uh, it, it's kind of, I got to admit, it's kind of funny to exchange the uh, the pleasantries at the top here after all of our small talk that we do before the pod. But Oh, yeah. You got you, nevertheless. We, we thank should you definitely for joining. That. And uh, most, if not all, of our listeners by now should know JJ that you are the host of the Hoopheads Podcast Network's Three Hundred Five Culture Podcast and a contributor at uh, for fan site uh, Los Angeles Lakers website. Um, and then I believe I might be missing one other piece of work there that you do. Um, is it the uh, Spanish speaking pod that you got? What's that one? Oh, Out of Bounds Podcast. Yeah. Nice. So everyone go check out JJ's work as well. And um, before we get into the games that we obviously will be discussing, uh, I kind of wanted to share the early returns from both of our teams with uh, the new arrivals specifically. Um, so JJ's uh, Heat, they have three players, three notable players. I'm Hopefully I'm not missing anyone in Precious Achua, Avery, Bra- Avery Bradley, and Mo Harkless. JJ, what are your thoughts on those guys? Uh, yeah, first off, yeah, you got them all. Yeah, because every almost everybody returned except for, except for Crowder and Derek Jones Jr. I wish them all the best. Let's start with Precious Achua. He has been, as advertised, energy guy, needs to work on some stuff. Some he, He's a very good lob threat alongside Goran. Those pick and rolls that he runs with Goran, they're a beauty. They're a beauty to watch, and a lot of energy. I could see the comparisons with Bam Adebayo early on. They call him sometimes Bam 2.0, and if that's the case, oh boy, that that could be a front court for the future. That could be a very menacing one to to opposing front courts. Then we have Avery Bradley. Bradley has been fantastic. I think he should be starting for the Heat. He has been. Remarkable. His on-the-ball defense is out- outstanding. He's only started one game, but I would have him starting. I, well, I'm not Coach Spolstra, right? And Coach Spolstra is certainly one of the most accomplished coaches out there. But still, I, I think it should be he, he should consider to start him more, considering our struggles defensively, especially with uh, Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero backcourt. Maybe move Robinson to the small forward spot. And I saw a, a pretty nice idea on the the timeline last night how about moving Jimmy Butler to power forward and have him start and have a Bradley Hero Robinson Butler out of bio starting lineup which which would be really really fun to see because you got three excellent defenders probably all NBA caliber defenders and two knockdown shooters on the same uh, on the court at the same time Bradley is a little bit hot and cold on the shooting side but he has been Especially in that win against the Bucs, which we're going to touch on a bit later. Yeah, He was outstanding in that game. And finally, we have Mo Harkless, who I think is 
you know, it's probably the least intriguing newcomer. He has struggled a bit. He has had a bit of an uninspiring start to his Heat career. I hope he turns around. He tries on defense, but the shooting's not there. Sometimes he's sometimes you even forget that he's on the court. But I really hope that it's just him getting acclimated to the Heat system and culture. And I hope that he he plays way better. Heat Twitter is already calling for his head, but <laughs> don't listen to Heat Twitter because they can be unreasonable sometimes. But I really hope he picks up the slack. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All three of those guys are tremendous players, especially um, those coming off the bench, maybe just for now. And Avery Bradley, that lineup you mentioned uh, does sound quite scary to me. Um, moving, moving Jimmy Butler, who who can certainly hold his own on offense as well while being on um while definitely belonging on an on an all defensive team and then being able to uh you know to have Bradley, Hero and Duncan out there as well that would be quite scary for Bucks fans um just a a couple brief notes on those guys cuz I am I am like I said a fan of them Precious Achua um Certainly impressing, especially for a number 20 pick. He does have like some of his holes, but he is incredibly, incredibly young and he can definitely build on those. Uh, the, the ringer, um, and the mismatch, I don't listen to them as much as I have in the past, but I saw they put up a brief like four or five minute YouTube click, just really having high praise for Precious Achua and already being, uh, a a pretty good defender and doing what he does on offense well. Um, and then we'll definitely touch on, on the defense that he played on Giannis too in the games that I saw. And I also saw him on Christmas performing quite well. And yeah, he's that, just a nuclear athlete. And, and that fourth quarter against Zion, against Zion in Christmas Day, on Christmas Day, he was outstanding against him. You know, sometimes, yeah. sometimes Zion would, could power pass you. And, you know, he's going to he's going to power... He's a, he's so strong. I I said that the Pelicans might have the two strongest players in the league on the same team. Yeah. And yeah, sometimes he's gonna get pushed around. He's gonna pack some muscle, but he he already understands positioning, and mm-hmm. he brings energy to that to that side of the ball, which is really important for a for a guy that's so young that he already understands NBA level positioning on defense. Yeah, and. So the point I was um I almost forgot to get to with that was so I had kind of thought when I first saw him in the NBA that he was he was a little slimmer than what I remembered but naturally when you're transitioning to um the NBA that would make sense but some this just popped in my head as I was thinking of this before is Sam uh Vicini I always feel like I say it wrong but he does a lot of like NBA draft work He's whom I would trust most with that kind of content. And um, they were talking about a guy in Scotty Barnes, who you may be more familiar with. He plays, uh, he played at Montverde and uh, is now at Florida State, I believe. And, and he talked about Scotty Barnes being someone who could potentially guard one through five. And you would know better than, than me with Precious, but seeing him on the court, I feel like he would he would be able to hold his own against basically basically anyone or yeah. like any position and that's absolutely nuts. He's got the foot speed to stay in front of guards and he as I said he's got to pack a little bit of muscle but he's only he's like 20 years old. He's he's younger than us so we got to yeah. give him we got to give give him a break and he just got into the NBA. It takes some time. I mean, heck, Steven Adams it looked he was pretty skinny when he got to the league and now he's basically Goliath. We gotta give him some time, but yeah, he's got the he's got the foot speed to stay in front of guards, quick guards at that. And he's got the most importantly he's got the arm length to contest shots in the perimeter and the positioning as I mentioned. And then he can hold his own against some some centers and power forwards in the league. Not everyone as, as I said. Well some sometimes he might get overpowered, but that will come come in due time. Yeah, and um, so I feel like Precious to me was the most interesting out of this bunch, if not just because he's, uh, I mean, young young guys are always some of the most interesting 
players to me right off the bat just because there's a lot less known about them. But Bradley, and I'm not surprised at all to hear what you've what you've said that you've taken away from him so far because in those Bucks games, he, he was really bothering pretty much any, anyone who would have the ball in their hands and making making them even Drew and and uh, Middleton especially uncomfortable compared to other guys who play the Bucks. And I, you know, I didn't watch a ton. I mean, I guess I guess we had we had to watch a ton of Lakers uh, basketball last year, but I. And I know you cover the Lakers as well, but I was I was still shocked when I saw him uh, against us, um, and just how active he was on the defensive end, and like I said, how uncomfortable he made guys. And I I just didn't remember seeing that with the Lakers, but maybe it was just because my yeah, my attention was more drawn towards uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Also, he hadn't played since March because he didn't go to the bubble. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay. And that's so, probably where, where I watched the majority of, of uh, Lakers basketball last yeah, year. Yeah, so, you know, even I, I, because I started covering the Lakers just when they got to the bubble. Yeah. And, yeah, I didn't watch that much of Avery Bradley last year. I watched the occasional game when I wasn't covering the Lakers. But now that I get to see him almost every night with Miami, I see the impact, especially on the, on, on the ball, which is something that we didn't have last year. Yeah, and I I do remember him starting some regular season games for the Lakers last year, and if anything, I would have had the opposite attitude about that and just kind of it speaking to... Wait, I was trying to talk myself out of the now champion Los Angeles Lakers and like concerns with their supporting cast, but I must have just failed to recognize that even though some of them on offense seem to be more limited... Uh, guys like Avery Bradley and and the and the deep big man rotation really really uh, gave them the chance to have that uh, insane defense that the Lakers have. So good on you guys now in the Heat having Avery Bradley. Um, but uh, I'm certainly jealous of that. And uh, as far as Mo, Mo Harkless goes, I don't really have a ton um, else to add about him than what you said. Kind of fitting to. Um, you know your points on him. I mean, he is. Um, I would. I would say he's a forward that that I would be able to trust in on the defensive end. But he maybe uh, gives back a little bit on the offensive end and the, uh, you know, the inconsistent shot that he has. And but, yeah, he. I really I mean, hope he fights his offensive groove. Yeah, but I mean, at the very least, it's he. Pl- he plays a position that's that's highly coveted. So. Um, I, I I would probably be happy to have have him uh, on the Bucks, but I guess for for your sake alone and, and not mine. Hope hopefully he shows shows a bit more uh, for you guys. Um, and then I'll just touch briefly on some of the Bucks guys here. Um, obviously, I've talked about them uh, a little bit, but maybe not as much to the bench on recent podcasts. And I don't know how many takeaways you would have from all of these new faces after all the Bucks only returned about 50% of the minutes that they played last year, which um, still is hard for me to wrap my brain around. But I'll start as well with the the two rookies in Jordan War and Sam Merrill. Um, really impressive three-point shooters at this point. Um, good to see that the shots seem to be translating. Uh, Nuara is able to do a bit more off the dribble, has uh, three three-level scoring potential, but... I believe uh, Locked On Bucks Frank Madden uh, shared some concerns about Nawara's, uh, um, you know, impressing with getting to the line. So hopefully he can do do a bit more of that. And then Sam Merrill, number sixty pick. We don't expect a ton from him, but he does show that he can, he can knock down um, an open three point shot. And um, it's also notable that he he did hit the record breaking three pointer against you guys in that first contest. Yeah, well, congrats um, to him. Yeah, yeah, that's that's huge for for a number sixty pick for sure. Then DJ Augustine, um, I mean, it's a huge luxury to have him at the backup point point guard spot. I feel, um, especially I touched on last podcast and about um, it being a huge loss that we don't get to benefit from having 
George Hill and Dante DiVincenzo, both coming off the bench who, um, I mean, it would it'd be a bit of a stretch to say that I would say I would say they were kind of in footnotes of like the the six man of the year award last year though not really taken seriously but still to even have their name mentioned and from analysts that I heard in six man of the year talks that spoke to how much how important it was to have not one but both of them come off the bench for us and at least DJ Augustine's still able to bring in a steady hand to run um, our second unit obviously started for the for the magic last year and um, is one of the few guys whom whom I uh, feel really confident confident about uh, when they're running a pick and roll and can knock down a uh, spot up jumper at a pretty good clip so happy with uh, DJ Augustine Bobby Portis I was lower on entering this season um but I mean, he's he's proved to to bring in a ton of energy as well. Um, just last night against the Bulls, like a lot of our bench showed up. He he had, I believe, he was like thirteen and twelve, and maybe twenty five minutes. And uh, you know, just with the energy that he that he brings, he, he's able to get some easy buckets for him as well as showing uh, a face up ability on on the offensive end that. Um, it probably isn't isn't the shot that Bucks want to see, but um, at the end of the day, if uh, the ball ends up in his hands, um, I'm definitely uh, I'm not the least confident in him being able to knock it down, and maybe not the highest praise, but overall, Bobby Portis has impressed me with our more shallow front court this year. Bryn Forbes had another, or rather. Maybe not another, as I haven't seen a ton from him otherwise, but especially last night, um, I'll get into more of his impressive performance later on. But uh, he had definitely the best game of his season last night and has shown the ability to knock down jumpers, both uh, catch and shoot and off the dribble. So, um, yeah, maybe not a world beater, but... I think it was important to pick up a guy like him just to have have another option, even if he's not going to swing a series. And last addition that I'd like to mention is Tory Craig. And this is really um, kind of the one uh, sour note that I'll have to, to bring in here on the guys because um, as many listeners will remember, he was the guy I was quite possibly the most excited about. Obviously, he's missed some games now with uh, with a broken nose. But even before then, I noticed that uh, well, in the Knicks game, for example, he only came in in garbage time. And with uh, how versatile he is defensively, and similar to like Mo Harkless, whom we mentioned earlier, he he gives some up on the offensive end. But um, I mean, I I still believe he can knock down an open jumper as well. And has some size to him um, to finish when he gets in close, uh, despite the uh, the botched layup in the in the Nuggets uh, series late in the postseason last year. But uh, I definitely would have thought that he would be playing possibly even uh, above a Pat Connaughton going into the season. But I guess uh, you know at times we question who Bud trusts and. Uh, yeah, him going with Pat is something I wouldn't have predicted, but uh, I don't get to see the guys as much as the coach. Um, on that note, uh, JJ, I'm not sure if you have any thoughts on those guys. Totally reasonable for you not to, as I don't know if any of them have ever been in a Heat uniform. Well, I haven't watched the basically the only two Bucks game. Well, I have watched two and a part of another Bucks game, which were the the two against the Heat. Which basically, I after the first game, I knew what where this was going. I tuned out after the first quarter. I was like, "Well, this is a blowout." <laughs> and yeah. the end of that Celtics game, which Tatum made the game winner. Oh yeah. And, <laughs> and the last game, that's the one I watched in its entirety. In its entirety, so I didn't. I I would say I would, I don't have a lot of informed opinions on the guys that you mentioned. Yeah, and and also at the end of the at the end of the day, these are all. Uh, uh, bench guys and some of them aren't even quite in our rotations that's totally reasonable so 
I'm going to just touch briefly on that first Knicks game that we had, but uh, not trying to bury the lead here. Hey, hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Uh, it's 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 still nice. I'm still feeling really grateful to have any regular season basketball at all. So uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the uh, first game since I last recorded, and that was the disappointing uh, Knicks matchup on Sunday after I had just recorded in which the Bucks shot 18.4% from three, while the Knicks made 59.3%. Um, you know, I was telling JJ before the podcast that uh, something that will almost certainly become a cliche of mine is pointing to the fact that that at the end of the day, this league can be boiled down a lot of times to a make or miss league, and Bucks came out on the wrong side of that um, during this matchup. But there were still some bright spots that are worth mentioning for the Bucks. Um, there was there was a sequence with Giannis um, checking Julius Randle, which is a matchup that, although Giannis often uh, comes out on the winning end of a lot of his matchups, specifically uh, Julius Randle, someone that I've noticed Giannis uh, has his way with often, especially the nasty. Uh, poster that I was able to see live last year on Randall when the Knicks came to the five serve. And he had another good sequence where he was draped all over uh, Randall, forces Randall to lose the ball, but Randall's able to recover the ball while Giannis stumbles. And although he stumbles, Giannis is able to get back uh, nearly in front of Randall again. Uh, but then Randall also is met by Brooke at the rim. So both of them were able to... Um, Swat away uh, Randall's attempt there, but um, that's not necessarily indicative of the rest of the game. And from what I've heard, Randall's actually had a pretty good season. This game included, obviously. Um, otherwise, Chris Middleton. Um, oh yeah, he had a, he had a pretty solid first half, despite the rest of our team with already sixteen three and three in nineteen minutes at half. Uh, I had already noted that a big takeaway from this game uh, was Torrey Craig only getting in in garbage minutes, but then uh, we also have been able to see even less of him in the regular season because he ended up with a broken nose after getting uh, popped in the gazicked that game and hasn't returned since. Um, and then some more not necessarily basketball action there. Later in the fourth was Thanasis getting into uh, a fellow Lithuanian like myself and Ignis Brazdakis. Um, there were some pretty comical stare downs, uh, especially from Thanasis. And then I believe, uh, I, think it, I think it was Ben Sullivan uh, getting in front of Giannis to make sure Giannis didn't uh, go Mike Dunleavy on the, on the poor Lithuanian. But watching the tape back, it kind of looks like... Uh, um, I'd almost, I almost want to say uh, Thanasis might be more in the wrong in this, but maybe it's something that I missed um, from uh, Thanasis's reaction to whatever Ignis did. But I think, uh, I think Thanasis was like really like grabbing his his jersey and like yanking him around. So for him to kind of be more defensive in that was kind of puzzling to me. But I don't know if listeners like analyzing uh, fights or fake NBA fights as much as I do. So I'll carry on just in uh, closing hey, just, with just as Giannis. All, I was and, gonna uh, say, oh, sorry. What was that, JJ? I was going to say that we all 
just as we all know, the NBA is the is the supreme source of sports fights because they we have the best tough guys over here. Yeah, right. Definitely, every everyone in the NBA is is uh, all action, no talk. Right. That's that's pretty sure. Would you say that we have the that the NBA has the the record amount of fake tough guys in the in in any North American sport? Yes, I think so. Yes. Yeah. That that's. Um... All joking aside, that really does seem to be seem to be the attitude towards it. And in watching all the games that you and I do, it it holds up. And um, I mean, of course, like I have gotten a little more into through the pandemic, uh, I could always just tune tune into some MMA and you know put five dollars on on a random guy who whom I've never seen fight before if I really want to see that. But um, I don't know. There, there are fun little games within the games that are that are fun for fans. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, basically to close out this game, um, it was kind of funny because uh, little did we know at the time, but the Knicks, like I had mentioned, shooting 59.3 percent from three, they finished the game shooting 16 of 27 from that entire game. But then in our next game. Uh, against the Heat to J.J. Chagrin, uh, the Bucks put up a 16 of 27 clip in just the first half of the first game of their back-to-back. So, J.J. and I will be getting into all of that in just a moment. But first, I would like to share uh, a message from our friends at Thrive Fantasy. Come prop up with Thrive Fantasy this se- season. Thrive Fantasy, the daily fantasy sports app for player props. Uh, they have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you uh, about the top tier athletes in the respective sport. Uh, name of the game is you choose uh, five of five out of ten presented player prop options uh, to build your lineup, and uh, each prop has a fantasy point associated with uh, the over under. Um, for that bet and the more points the selection is worth naturally the riskier it is and uh, you rack up the most points to hopefully win a share of the prize pool uh, Thrive Fantasy has awarded over $2,200,000 in prizes in the past and that's since launching in 2018 they also have uh, have or had I don't really keep track of the NFL but for whenever uh, NFL Week 15 uh, has or will take place, they uh, had $50,000 guaranteed in prizes for that and thousands more for uh, the NBA. So um, in order to take advantage of this, you may use uh, promo code Giannis. That's G-I-A-N-N-I-S when you sign up today and you'll receive an instant deposit match up to $50 uh, on your deposit of at least $20 or more. You can download Thrive Fantasy app uh, in the App Store or Play Store or by visiting www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. And we're back. So, JJ, um, we're going to uh, now get into maybe the difficult topic of the first game of this back-to-back, but um, obviously... Bring it on. Bring it on. Yeah, in saying that, you did get the best of us in the second, more competitive game. Um, and you had also mentioned that Celtics matchup too that uh, broke my heart early in the season. So, um, I'll I'll hold it back a little bit. But the keep, keep main story up. here yep. is the Bucks putting was- up a record 29 threes in their victory on uh, Tuesday, the 29th. Um, let's see. Um, I guess one of the main topics even right before this game was New York Times Mark Stein revealing that Jimmy was out with an ankle injury. JJ, do you know anything else about uh, this ankle injury or what Jimmy's timeline may be? Well, he turned he turned his ankle on the Christmas Day win against the Pelicans. He okay. didn't he didn't play the second half of that game. He as we all know he missed the uh, the two Bucks games. And in the Mavs game last night, he absolutely didn't look 100%. So I think it should be something that us Heat fans should monitor because it could be something that could linger 
for the rest of the season or for quite some time. And it's actually pretty worrisome because he looked like crap last night against the Mavs, and I think it was mostly due to the ankle injury. Jeez, okay. Well, I mean, at, at least he did... Uh... At least he did return last night, but hopefully, like you're saying, it isn't something that gets aggravated and lingers for a really long time. Um, despite the performance he put up against the Bucks in the playoffs, we certainly um, don't want to see anyone. And, you know, in a way, especially Jimmy, because especially in my eyes, I gained a ton of respect for him against us and and uh, even moving on against... Uh, if you guys faced the Celtics in the conference finals and then the Lakers two in the finals and being able to impress. And of course, some of his uh, Milwaukee roots and playing at Marquette. So here's a speedy recovery for Jimmy and hoping that he can he can move past this ankle injury. I had mentioned Torrey Craig being out uh, these past three games now with a broken nose. Um, maybe eventually we'll see some more masked Tory Craig, I think I saw a picture of him uh, wearing having to wear a mask uh, when he was with the Nuggets, and maybe that's why he's missed three games from this. We're gonna make masks Tory Craig a thing. <laughs> I think so. Why not? Um, if Kyrie can do it, then I think Tory Craig can too. Or uh, maybe not quite so much. I love maybe how you just put Tory... apples to oranges. <laughs> I just love how you just put Tory Craig and Kyrie Irving on the same sentence there. That should be that should be on the little video thing that Mike the shout out to Mike by the way who the little video thing that he puts when he when we're promoting the the pod. Oh gosh, yes, please, <laughs> please, please make that uh, the clip, Mike. Now now that you're listening and 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 editing this so that uh, so that maybe I can get famous on like Shacked and a Fool or something later on. But I'll take what I can get. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I want to see the t- um, I want to see the takes that. Yeah. We we may have some more hot takes later too that I can uh, that I can be exposed for. Oh, bring it! But yeah, um, yeah. If if anything, let's hopefully more excitement for you listeners out there. But what was really exciting for Bucks fans was uh, definitely uh, right out of the gates, the Bucks looked like they uh, were looking for a bit of revenge uh, from from the unfortunate playoffs that we experienced and. Uh, 10 of the Bucks' first 12 points all uh, unanswered. We had a 12-0 start, and 10 of those 12 were points off turnovers. Um, a bright spot for, for the Heat in this game was Tyler Harrow, Milwaukee native, of course, uh, having seven of the Heat's first 12 points uh, once they did uh, get up there and shooting, starting 3-3 from the floor and yeah, like I said, a bright spot and was able to show some things in this game against uh, his hometown team. Um, and then Giannis also had uh, a pretty uh, glorious uh, co- um, slam, I think. I, f- I forget where he got this from, but but it was... Um, you know, he, he had, his, he had his, his head and his shoulders high and he just... Beautifully coasted past Precious Achua uh, for for a one-handed jam uh, after two steps, and and that was nice to see. After Precious uh, particularly made him miss really bad, especially for Giannis, he may not have um, you know Hall, Hall of Fame touch as it would be articulated via uh, 2K, but. Um, yeah, I think I think Precious was doubling him with another Heat player that I don't recall, and Giannis um, almost, if not, ended up like almost airballing a layup that was quite near the basket. So shout out Precious Achua there for performing well um, as a rookie, and then uh, of course all of our starters had really amazing games during this one. Uh, as did everybody in this historic win, but um, Drew Holiday was uh, leading the second unit in this as we do see Bugs, Bud staggering our starters more with our increased talent. And then after the, the first quarter, all of Drew, Dante, Chris, and Brooke 
uh, combined for 10 to 10 from the field. And um, fortunately, the uh, for JJ, the Heat had uh, 10 turnovers, turnovers after the first quarter. Yeah, the turnovers. Um, I think I was going to say, no, aside, yeah. aside from the threes, turnovers were what mostly made me sick because turnovers are self-inflicted wounds. Yes, that can absolutely be avoidable. And as I mentioned before the show, as I mentioned to you, the Heat are currently leading the league in turnovers per game at average. They're averaging nearly 20 per game. That's not that's not something that should be happening that often, especially for a team that's got some serious hopes for the future, or for this season, I should say. And 20 turnovers per game is absolutely unacceptable. And yeah, that was... I was, after the first quarter, I was pretty much, I was pretty much less not focused on that game because it was depressing to watch. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I don't blame you, and <laughs> I don't know. As I'm going through this and naming all these stats, it, it it might be stinging a little bit for you, but but overall, in watching this for for the Bucks to be doing what they were doing, it it kind of, I mean. I have been impressed with, with the Bucks being able to not only against the Heat, but we definitely saw it a lot against the Bulls last night and being able to to put opponents in tough spots and force turnovers. But um, I mean, with 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 all all of the shooting that we were able to to put up in that game, there's definitely some some luck involved as well. But uh, shout out to the Bucks for for really executing the game plan here. I wouldn't say, and it is it is shocking. Oh, I'm sorry, JJ. Yeah, I wouldn't say. Well, obviously, yeah, you gotta say luck, but I would mostly attribute it to you guys. I'm pretty sure the Bucks had that game circled from from the moment they got eliminated. They the schedule got oh, announced, yeah. and I don't blame them losing that hard in such fashion. You want to absolutely kill those guys. Yeah, and I mean, I I think if if we came out any any other way than than we did, it would have been especially concerning for the Bucks. It's nice to see them show a bit of pride here. Um, I don't know. Did you have any? You know, I mean, I did mention that there is a lot of luck, especially when you do put up um, when you do break records like you do here. But did you think that that the Heat really kind of struggled to? I don't know if uh, like matching the Bucks' energy is the word, but at least uh, being able to like close out on on some of the Bucks shooters there because it felt like felt like you saw a lot of guys kind of sprinting back into position to I think, contest a shot that would go in. I think well, there was certainly a lack of effort, but I would say that after the three start falling and the turnovers st- started to pile up, especially when when the Bucks went up twelve to nothing. I believe it was. They started off 12 nothing. The energy started to fade. Goran played only in the first quarter of that game. So I guess yeah. I guess Bo saw the writing on the wall and said, well, I'm going to save you, Goran. You're 34. You're coming off a foot injury. You have been great for us this season. He's been outstanding this season. And he just said, well, well let's just take the L here. It doesn't seem the heat way. But listen, as soon as the as the as those, all those shots started to fall, we all knew what that it was. It was a wrap. Basically, we knew it was a wrap in the first couple minutes, right? Yeah, and may, and maybe I've been scorned too many times with. Um, I don't know if you're familiar, JJ, but there was a common uh, uh, Bucks moniker from Lockdown Bucks about never trusting the Bucks, and I think as a fan too, I wanted this win. Uh, more more than more than anything too so i didn't want to get too ahead of myself um well i guess you, you could have but but yeah it, it was i mean it the writing was on the on the wall i mean i guess if we went to i don't know if i have the numbers here but i i think it was already a quite a quite a huge lead by the time halftime came here i mean heck after that first quarter i think you must have felt pretty good about your about yourselves yeah definitely to say the least <laughs> Yeah, well, um, not the case on this side. Yeah, yeah. At least you guys were able to bounce back in that next game. Oh but, yeah, um, that next game was super fun to watch. And not, not okay, but I'm not coming up here as gloating because the Heat won. That was a a very good game to watch. It was competitive all the way up until the fourth quarter. 
Yeah, definitely. And um, to me, um, I said jump right into it, but um, you know, I actually, I actually had had admitted to you before this too that it wasn't the game that I had played paid the most attention to because I was able to um, see see an old old friend while he was in town uh, briefly that night, and um, I kind of warned him like, "Hey, I have to watch this game," but of course, um, you know, it's hard, it's hard to keep my attention. But just just from um, watching it albeit not as close as I normally would. It seemed to be a game of, of runs from both ends, and then you guys really capped it off there at the end in a, a little bit too memorable a fashion for Bucks fans with, um, I, I believe I recorded a 22-4 to 4 run from like the beginning to the middle of the fourth, and I mean, we at, the, at that point, um, although later on compared to the first game, uh, I, I, I knew that, that the game was, was over. Yeah, well... I had to watch that game today because, well, NBA TV has got, has got a preview, but I, I watched it in, in its entirety. I really liked the the pace of the game, how the the Bucks jumped out to, to a lead early on, but the, he kept coming back and back. And there was a time, I think it was in the third quarter, where, where Milwaukee led by 14 at one point, and then M- Miami stormed back to end the quarter. And then in that fourth, Dragic exploded. He made three threes in the... By the way, did you see that that Tyler Hero buzzer beater to end the third quarter? That was outstanding. <laughs> that might have actually been, been a little tidbit that I, that I had missed. But uh, especially, there, there are... Um, um, one, one of my friends um, kind of has like, has like an irrational sort of... Uh, uh, distaste for Tyler Harrow. Really? Uh, we 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 have we don't we don't get a lot of a lot of stars obviously around Wisconsin, especially in the NBA. So so it's kind of it's kind of a complicated uh, relationship there. I mean, I I certainly am rooting for him, but it definitely gets more complicated once he's he's doing that kind of stuff already and against your home team. But but uh, <laughs> but I don't know. May, maybe maybe my friend was wasn't around at that point, but uh. Yeah, I'd have to think maybe he wasn't because I bet that would have been something we would have we would have been uh, jumping out of our seats about. Yeah, well, it was it was an outstanding shot, really, and the game itself, twenty two turnovers once again for Miami. Uh, uh, the turnovers have been a prevalent theme throughout the the small sample size that we've had of a season, a very weird season at that, full of blowouts. Yeah, so blowouts and I had stuff. down that you guys did have. Um, you know, twenty-two turnovers in that game, but but in just looking at the box score to kind of uh, wrap my head around this game, I noticed that uh, despite those turnovers, that that both the Heat and the Bucks had the same amount of made field goals, <laughs> uh, even though the Bucks had uh, twenty more attempts than the Heat. So yeah, um, that's something that, that that I noticed at the beginning of the game. Like the Bucks were shooting pretty, where they weren't shooting, obviously. That historic shooting night is probably is highly unlikely to be repeated, but they were yeah. they shot pretty they shot pretty bad, the and at least during the first half. But they hung around and they were even leading due to Miami's constant turnovers. And as I as I mentioned, turnovers are such a such a painful way to to lose games because they're self inflicted wounds. Like if you miss shots, well, I guess they. Some some nights they just don't fall, but turnovers that's that's something that you absolutely can control, and the fact that this team and Eric Spolstra team at that has been so undisciplined with the ball and on their hands has been really concerning, to say the least. Yeah, and um, yeah, obviously this night, unlike the last one, the Bucks uh, didn't have uh, twelve uh, twelve guys on the roster make at least one three, um, which was a record by the way. So- yeah, yeah that that's that's one of the fun stats from that game. But I believe we finished with that disparity uh, between uh, attempts, but not in actual made field goals. The Bucks finished uh, just below forty percent from the field, whereas whereas the Heat were um, not quite at fifty percent, but approaching it. Like I think uh, uh, like forty eight percent or something like that from the field. So 
Although you you guys did throw away some possessions and opportunities, at least you guys were able to to capitalize on the ones that you had. Um, Another thing I saw was um, in in Butler being out uh, in that first game, I didn't even I didn't even uh, really really think about Andre Iguodala. I kind of forgot about him honestly through through all the other madness that was happening in game one, but. Uh, he he was able to return and he took uh, Mo Harkless's place in the starting lineup there, and then um, or I guess I don't know how you how you would word who replaced who. But, oh yeah, exactly. Um, he, he replaced Mo Harkless. Yeah, and then Avery Bradley I think also started for you guys in that second game. So to to replace uh, Bradley and Iggy for Mo and uh, and uh, Myers Leonard, there is probably something that that you were happy to see. Yeah, I would guess. I was also really encouraged to see Gabe Vincent. Gabe Vincent get important minutes. He yeah. he made a couple of shots. He made really nice passes. Obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm going to discuss this tomorrow when we record my pod. No Casey Akpala once again. And as as they mentioned on Locked on Heat, he said, "Well, if Spo hasn't put him in, that's some that's maybe that Casey hasn't shown enough in practice." So that's why he's not earning playing time, but I would really like like to see Casey at some point. Yeah, um, you know, I guess. Well, I guess I can I can mention it maybe today today and tomorrow if necessary. But uh, it's kind of interesting to hear. I don't know how interesting it'll be, but but uh, naturally with like the noise of like NBA Twitter, you kind of you gotta kind of block out some some of that, especially when it's unreasonable but i had i saw a tweet about um someone reported that some in the heat organization thought that kz would was uh possibly more promising than tyler harrow and i kind of laughed at that at first and maybe you did too but i was wondering if if maybe you had any thoughts on um i mean (laughs) i i would guess you definitely would not feel feel that way uh but could you see it all where where they would be coming uh there i'm sorry you cut off a little could could you repeat that oh sorry about that so basically i heard that someone in the heat organization believes that kz may have may have more potential than tyler harrow do you do you think that's defensible at all do you see where they're coming from well i get well i don't know they're the ones that see him every day but i think it's certainly not an encouraging sign for that type of take if Casey has yet to play this season, well, he's played a bit, but he hasn't played significant minutes. Tyler Hero started playing almost right away, right away, I would say, during his rookie season, and he's already a starter. The fact that that he's starting a point guard, and well, you know, Nikias Duncan, he wrote a piece that Tyler Hero is not a point guard, and that's all right because we need to let him grow. Sometimes you gotta throw young players into uncomfortable situations so that they can grow. And, but the fact that Casey has more potential, I don't know, maybe I wouldn't say so. Uh, five reasons I, I, I said in my pod, I think it was the last episode that five reasons sports, he reported that somebody in the heat or a heat scout, I should say, said that the floor for Casey was a, was a three and D player, three and D wing. And as we all know, in the modern NBA, those are a premium. If you have a if you have a really good three and D wing, then you are going places. But he's maybe he's got to do more in practice in order in order to earn Spo's trust. I don't know what's going on there. As I have said multiple times, in Spo we trust. So we gotta see if we ever get to watch Casey Akpal play significant minutes at any point this season. Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, you guys. Now I've talked a lot about, uh, you know, my conflicted opinions on like depth and everything, but you guys certainly don't seem to be lacking depth in 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 my eyes. Maybe you would have different thoughts on on more of your players, but oh no, we I think we. I mean, you guys, uh, <laughs> you you guys already have a lot of talent in the front court, especially with what Precious has shown so far. Um, I'm certainly falling in love with him just as I, I didn't realize I was, but now I, I feel like I sound like I am on this podcast. But <laughs> Welcome aboard. Um, 
So, so yeah, um, I guess the, the, it sounds like the argument there is mainly just the, the value of the position and um, just guards being more readily available than, than three and D wings and, and just maybe the two way impact that, that could be had with KZ that some don't see as much with Tyler Harrow, but, um, oh, Tyler Hero. I mean, for to show what he what he did in the in the playoffs this year, and like I had mentioned in both games against the Bucks, um, I, I just kind of laughed at that at first. Tyler Hero could. I knew I wasn't closest to the situation. Tyler Hero is, he's not a good defensive player. He, but he if he can become an elite offensive player, then he can he can make up the difference on the offensive end. After well, have being. I wouldn't call him absolutely terrible, but he's not good on that end. Even and, and Duncan Robinson too. That's why I said that having a starting Bradley alongside those two guys could really help. Because sure, you have the offense, but the defense suffers a lot with those two guys on the floor. Even with even with the with the scheme that the Heat employ deploy, I should say, they certainly struggle. Goes to say in front of, of offensive players, and Bradley certainly helps in that department. But if if Hero could at least become a C plus or maybe a C perimeter defender, then I think that would be enough. But we got to see how it goes throughout his career, and I hope he becomes a good defensive player for our sake, really. Yeah, and I don't think it's now. I I mean. Again, you would know better than me, but like Tyler Harrow, especially with how young he is, I I don't think it's. I feel like there's certainly a chance of him becoming a a reasonably okay defender. He has he has good size, not necessarily wing a great wingspan, but good size. Um, if he's gonna like nominally be be a two guard and um um. I don't know. Maybe maybe I am really going going to bad form here because what I was going to say was uh, I was reading an old article from um, one of the articles that I read this past week from Mir and Fader about um, from when Tyler was at Kentucky and she had gotten a quote from I don't know if it was Cal but some some Kentucky coach about how terrible uh, Tyler was on defense when he when he entered there and just. Um, how how much he's adapted to from playing like like five eight uh Wisconsin high school dudes to then um you know playing against like six five six five and up dudes in college. Like he came in just really playing defense totally incorrect and letting guys go past him and then trying to block trying to block them from behind and oh. get a steal from behind instead of actually like trying to stay in front of guys. That's so, not going to work at all. Yeah, it's it's, it's not going to work, I guess, but yeah, for for your for your sake, I I hope I hope he's able to be be a reasonable defender and uh you know. Yeah, me too. It bode well for the rest of his career and as a Milwaukee Milwaukee native, I want him to stick around as long as possible as long as it doesn't take away anything from the Bucks, but well, that's not a guarantee either. Um, and then, yeah, speaking of Harrow, him, Bam, and Drogic combined for uh, six, 69 points in this contest, just the three of them. So that's quite impressive, all three of them. Um, that's very nice. Having Yeah, very nice. And uh, cue the uh, Borat right there. <laughs> but um, 20 points or more for all three of those guys. So, um that uh, definitely played into your guys' uh, uh, increasingly higher field goal percentage in that game. Just glancing over some of my notes here. Do you think there's anything else that, that I may have missed from this game or the game before, I think JJ? I think we covered it. Well, the fact that Hero played well in both games, I think should, we should mention it. That could serve as a preview of, of my Heat Player of the Week award during tomorrow's podcast. But yeah, I think we covered it all. Yeah, yeah, I th- I think so too. And um, I guess just one one last thing as I transition to briefly 
discuss uh, just last night's game against the Bulls, but something I saw in uh, all three of these, I don't think I've mentioned it yet because um, it's kind of in the similar vein with uh, Torrey Craig and how, how we didn't see as much as I would have expected before. And uh, in these games, we saw a lot of Thanasis Antetokounmpo very early, like arriving consistently around the four-minute mark in the first quarter and then uh, coming back throughout the game and then not seeing DJ Wilson until until like it's basically garbage time or in the fourth quarter, which, yeah, would be garbage time if he's in, in the fourth quarter. So not seeing as much of DJ Wilson, and that's really puzzling to me. It almost makes me think Makes me wonder about if there were any uh, any handshake deals in uh, Giannis's uh, contract <laughs> extension that maybe uh, led to him signing on long term. If maybe they maybe he had said that he wants his brother to get more playing time. I but, guess he said, apart from making me the highest paid player in NBA history, you got to play my brother yeah. more minutes. <laughs> yeah, like I guess if you're twisting my arm to sign the largest contract in NBA history. Um, you're going to have to make my brother get on the court too. Not, and I don't want to um, disparage Thanasis so much because uh, I think he, he did show um, show more positive signs than than I would have expected. Um, obviously, talking about energy, guys, he 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 bring brings a lot of uh, energy, if if not so much more, and can jump out of the gym too, just like his brother. Um, you know, I, I was particularly impressed about Thanasis's, um I mean, I would still probably say he's not like a, a great passer, but he, he showed to to uh, have some in- instincts and showed that he would he was willing to move the ball quickly and uh, set picks. Just yeah, bring bring a ton of energy and uh, and and I think that was valuable. But just me personally, I think I would have expected DJ to be out there first. But as my listeners know, I'm a bit of a DJ Wilson stan. So I could be in the wrong there as well. Um, I'm just now uh, gonna touch briefly on the I-94 battle between the Bucks and Bulls last night at Five Serve Forum. Now, like as JJ and I were discussing before um, the pod here, it was quite a roller coaster of, emo- of emotions uh, just this past week with the different outcomes. As uh, Bucks go two and two this week including a 30 ball against the Bulls last night. But interestingly, Chandler Hutchison uh, tested positive for COVID-19, which was reported just yesterday, according to Billy Donovan. And I don't have the timestamps either, but I think just the the day before the NBA had announced uh, zero positive tests uh, during the previous uh, testing period. So... Not great, and I especially wasn't thrilled that we were going to be playing these guys immediately after this news, but naturally, Hutchison, and then due to contra- contact tracing, like like was noted with the Houston Rockets, Laurie Markkinen, Tomas Sadoransky, and uh, Ryan Archidiakno were out for this game, so Bulls starters were Kobe White, Zach Levine, Otto Porter, Patrick Williams, the florist, and Wendell Carter Jr., Um. Now, in this game, I had mentioned earlier, um, it seemed like Drew Holiday was getting a lot of a lot of the minutes with like basically him plus the bench early in the fourth quarter. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm getting a sore throat. I'm doing so much talking here. But um, this time in the Bulls game, it was Chris who was um, with just the second unit late in the first, but then uh, Brooke and Dante would come in for Chris and Thanasis to close out the quarter. And then the broadcast that I was streaming from was saying that uh, Bucks guards were uh, notably not switching in the pick and roll like maybe they had in the past. And um, that showed that they are maybe taking advantage of um, or yeah, that they had noted that the Bulls were taking advantage of mismatches in the game before. Um, and then... Whew. Sorry, I've never had a. You're right there. Quite, <laughs> yeah, no, just chugging some water here. But of note is Thad's defense on Giannis. 
many times in multiple possessions, making it really difficult on Giannis, including stripping him uh, of the ball, which then, of course, led to a, another frustration foul from Giannis. And, uh, you know, like we talked about with the Miami Heat, the um, the Bucks were able to record 16 steals against the Bulls in another 20 uh, 23 point um, shooting night, making 23s where I'm trying to get at there, including seven bucks in double figures. Uh, Giannis concluded with a stat line of 29, 8, and 12, shooting 9 of 19 from the field, also having uh, four stocks or two blocks and two steals, but then uh, 10 of 18 from the line. So, same old Giannis there, it seems like, but also a little uncharacteristic. Characteristically, uh, the um, Bucks bench actually put up 52 points, including 42 of those 52 from Bryn Forbes, Pat Connaughton, and Bobby Portis. And uh, yeah, with Bryn Forbes, I hadn't seen a ton of him before, a ton from him before. But um, but yeah, he he had 18 off the bench there, his his best game for the Bucks so far this season. And then uh, yeah, I believe he had six threes in all, so that's where his 18 points came from. Um, but yeah, not, uh, something we wouldn't have expected from the Bucks given the Bulls limitations and having less jerseys to throw out there. Um, but yeah, <coughs> now JJ, I'm not sure if you were able to tune into this game at all. I would, I would maybe doubt it. Maybe not the most exciting for you. And you had a heat game to watch yourself. Yeah, uh, I was covering the heat maps game, which turned out <laughs> to be another loss. I really wish we yeah, could string well, together some consecutive wins. Yeah, well, at, at least it's at least it's early for you, and you know, at the end of the day, no matter what, like I had said, with uh, kind of the up and down week, the roller coaster of emotions for myself, that at least I can keep telling myself that none of this is uh, uh, worth getting bent out of shape over too much, and uh, you know, still a lot of basketball to play yet in this season, even with uh, the shortened campaign here. Um, and then, yeah, I guess we're, we're at about, about an hour mark here and I'm clearly losing my voice. Um, but, um, JJ, do you think there's anything else here that we may have missed, you know, for out of either heat or bucks basketball that you want to mention before, before we call it a day here, boss? I think we covered it all. I, I would like that bucks, that first bucks game to be erased from my memory forever. And for <laughs> But it was, I think it was a pretty, let's say I'm going to discuss tomorrow with you. I think it was a pretty subpar week for the Heat. Yeah, I definitely look forward to talking about the Heat with you again tomorrow. And I would urge, um, obviously, and you being my only, uh, not only repeat, but three-time host, which I'm really happy about and I couldn't be uh, more thankful. Um, Thanks for inviting for, um, me all these times. I, yeah, of course. Um, obviously, the the Bucks and Heat have had have had a lot of uh, a lot of uh, complicated history, especially in uh, you know the recent months. So I I do feel fortunate that I'm able to have someone else to talk about um, all of this with. And uh, I would want I'd urge all of my listeners to also check out the Hoophead Podcast Network Three Hundred Five Culture. Um, the uh, uh, contributions from JJ at the fan-sided uh, Los Angeles Lakers site. And then um, also, JJ, your other um, uh, podcast in Spanish, if you could remind me the name of that. The Out of Bounds podcast. The Out of Bounds podcast for any Spanish speakers out there. Um, JJ, is there anything else you want to you wanna, you wanna plug for the guests? Mm, no. Tune in every week to the 305 Culture podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thanks for joining me, JJ, and thanks to all of uh, everyone out there listening. Hopefully, um, next week I, um, <laughs> hopefully next week I won't be losing my uh, voice so early, and I'll uh, I'll have an extra bottle of water here next to me for tomorrow, JJ. So don't worry, we won't have to cut it short then. But that's all right. Thanks buddy. to everyone. Thanks to JJ, and I'll see you in another life, brother. Thank you. Or I'll see you tomorrow. All right. Bye. Peace.
If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit MyPodcastManager.com to get started. Thank you for tuning in to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast. We hope you join us again soon. See you in another life, brother.